From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're listening to Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is World Stage, exposing the tyrannies and exploring our power with deep dives into history, current events, dangerous trends, and the nature of reality. I want to talk about a book I'm reading. I'm almost done with it and tell you why I'm bringing it to your attention. It's called Complex PTSD, Post Traumatic Stress Disorder, subtitle From Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker, a man who's been a therapist for years. He's also the author of The Tao of Fully Feeling. And on the front cover, it says, his book is an invaluable, this is a quote from Julia Scheinman, MA and MFT, an invaluable, comprehensive resource for anyone with a childhood history of trauma. This book is certain to benefit clients and clinicians alike. A little bit from the back cover, Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker. The causes of complex post-traumatic stress disorder range from severe neglect to monstrous abuse. Many survivors grew up in houses that were not homes, in families that were as loveless as orphanages and sometimes as dangerous. If you felt unwanted, unliked, rejected, hated, and or despised, or a lengthy portion of your childhood, trauma may be deeply ingrained in your mind, soul, and body. This book is a practical guide to recovering from lingering childhood trauma. It is copiously illustrated with examples of the author's and his client's journeys of recovery. Recovering. It is a comprehensive self-help guide for working through the toxic legacy of the past and for achieving a rich and fulfilling fulfilling life. Before I introduce my guest, I'll just tell you why I talked about this book, Complex PTSD by Pete Walker. It's my impression that too much of America is paralyzed by something, paralyzed by some sense of powerlessness and expressive or demonstrative of many symptoms of those suffering from complex PTSD. So if any of that resonated with with you, go to Amazon, read more about the book, search for some interviews by Pete Walker. And if the shoe fits, as it says, I assure you that there is Insight, which is a relief, and either relief by digging into a very comprehensive examination of that. With me is Dr. Mark Richards, who served for years as a physician consultant to the White House and in leadership positions in medical and surgical societies. He's a Yale-educated scientist who noticed Something unexplained yet treatable was taking a heavy toll on human health and relationships. His search for answers led to a shocking discovery that he details in his book, 
Nobody wants you healthy. Achieving better health by avoiding the corruptions in modern medical science. For more information, go to the website nobodywantsyouhealthy.com. Thank you very much for joining me today, Dr. Richards. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me, Bruce. I'm very excited to talk with you, not only to pick your brain and learn all I can in our short time together about uh, how to be healthier, but also for the insight implied in the subtitle, Avoiding the Corruptions in Modern Medical Science. I, um, I wrote a book that exposes many lies that are killing us. And I have a few tangents in there about what I, as a layperson, was able to find about the corruption slash collusion of the pharmaceutical and medical uh, professions and agencies. And I've also assiduously studied um, COVID over the last four years now. And just so you know who you're talking to and the great interest that I have in all that you can share with me, where do you like to start with someone who's meeting you for the first time and laying out the premise and the power of the information that you're bringing to the world in your book, Nobody Wants You Healthy? Well, Bruce, um, the, the first meeting in an elevator, people say, oh, you know, so you wrote the book, Nobody Wants You Healthy. They have 12 floors to go, so I have about 30 seconds to tell them. And... I, first thing I tell them is that this is not a great conspiracy. This is the reality that occurs when you have people and agencies that have lost their integrity and they're all working in their own self-interest. And that really is why nobody wants you healthy. The, um, the start of my book talks about the toxic chemicals in our environment that uh, began really with the advent of plastics in the 1960s. And these chemicals, some people have heard of them, PBA, uh, PBS is what's supposed to replace PBA, but it's even worse because it causes neuroendocrine problems. And of course, phthalates. Phthalates are a whole class of chemicals that make plastics act like plastics so they can be useful. But sadly, they've turned out to be the most powerful endocrine disruptors mankind's ever created. And that's where the story starts, really. Succinctly for this layperson, what, what is an endocrine disruptor? Very good. Yes, yeah, so an endocrine disruptor is, is the same thing as a hormone disruptor. And if people want to understand what a hormone is, a hormone is a chemical that developed when we evolved from a single cell organism where everything was contained within the environment of the cell to multiple cell organisms where somehow the cells had to communicate with each other. So really, a hormone is just a chemical that provides cellular communication, sort of not a smartphone, but, you know, it, it, it provides the, the wiring and the messaging between the cells so that they can act as a unit. Because if our, all the cells in our body decided they were just going to act independently, we would be less uh, integrated than a jellyfish. So this communication is incredibly important. And it's important from the minute we turn from a single fertilized egg into a blastocyte, which is a multiple cell egg, and then develop into a fetus and then continue on the rest of our life. Now, there's a lot of misconceptions, some of them uh, because of mythology, some of them intentional so that we don't get healthy, involved in, well, why are endocrine disruptors so bad for us? 
And as I continue in my book, I, I explain that these endocrine disruptors, if we take them in more simple life forms, for example, in fish, uh, there's three rivers flowing into the Chesapeake Bay and the Maryland, D.C. area, where 60% of the sea bass, so rockfish, are hermaphrodite. Now, that's a classic hormone disruptor issue. If you carry it on to humans, we can talk a little later on about what it does to the developing fetus. Because these endocrine disruptors, these phthalates, for example, uh, which are now manufactured at a rate of 200 times the toxic dose for every man, woman, child on the planet annually. Uh, these things cause suppression of our major hormones. And, and the major hormone, although nobody would ever guess this unless they really studied it, the major hormone, the most abundant bioactive hormone in men and women their entire life is testosterone. And I know everybody thinks, well, testosterone is a male hormone, it's a sex hormone, it's a whatever hormone. It's not. Testosterone is the oldest hormone, evolutionarily speaking. It's what many of the other hormones are derived from, and it, can, it makes many of the what we call cytokines, rather bioactive chemicals. So, for example, testosterone is the controller of inflammation in our body. When your testosterone is low, you become very inflamed. And what happens with inflammation? It's not just sore joints and tendonitis. It's also the fact that your vessels are inflamed and they start getting plaques and blockages. Or your brain is inflamed and you start getting anxiety disorders and you get depression and aggression. Um, it also controls metabolism. That's very important to cells. So, for example, Testosterone is responsible for making something called IGF-1. And, uh, and IGF-1 is what makes our cells sensitive to insulin. So when your testosterone is low, the rate of diabetes skyrockets because your cells are not sensitive to insulin. Diabetics, when they start, their insulin levels are much higher than non-diabetics because the body's trying to control the sugar, but it can't because the cells are insensitive to it. Um, also, it, testosterone is the sole source of 100% of the estrogen in our cells. So while mistakenly, in order to enrich pharma, the OBGYNs are taught to give female patients in menopause estrogen, that really is, is a, quite a detrimental treatment. What they really need is testosterone so that their cells can make all the estrogen they need. Estrogen doesn't cross from the blood into the cells. Only testosterone is actively transported into the cells, and each cell that needs it in your body, my body, your wife's body, each cell that needs it makes what it needs from testosterone in the cell. These are just some of the things, some of the mythologies being dispelled. Mark, I want to. I just want to tell you the two huge things that I heard, and I, 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 I hear the import of every word you said, but the point you made about insulin. For all the diabetics I've ever met and know that that are out there, and also the point you just made about testosterone, uh, what would you unpack about each of those to satisfy my inflamed curiosity here? <laughs> Your inflamed curiosity, exactly. Well, if we start with testosterone, testosterone is so critical, and yet today, the average person has a testosterone level 60% lower than it was in 1970. 
Now, what that means is that we are suffering an epidemic of chronic diseases because chronic diseases are related to metabolic disorders and inflammatory disorders. You know, heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, obesity, even cancers. If you want to think about it in sort of simplified terms, you can think of estrogen as a fertilizer and testosterone as a weed killer. So when you're unindated with these chemicals that are causing very low testosterone levels, and also some of these chemicals cause excess estrogen production. So it's the worst of both worlds. Now, this chronic disease, diseases, all the chronic diseases it causes are very profitable for the pharmaceutical industry, who has to act in their best interest for their shareholders and try to make drugs that will treat but never prevent or cure these chronic diseases. This is, this is where the problem really starts. And the ugliness of it gets to the fact that of a $1.4 trillion pre-COVID pharmaceutical revenue, 90% came for drugs treating chronic disease that never prevented or cured it. And when you start talking about this treatment, testosterone pellets, which are long lasting uh, steady state testosterone treatments that we can get into later, that's been around in this country since 1939. I, I had an acting medical director of pharma come to one of my courses and explain that, yeah, his employer would do everything up to and over the gray line to prevent this from becoming widely known because it would probably reduce revenues by 50%. 50%. I, I just need to reintroduce you, Dr. Mark Richards blowing my mind with uh, information about testosterone. I'll dig into to really grasp and understand the uh, effect on inflammation. And I'll double check with you my impression that, you know, a few years ago I heard, well, inflammation is really at the bottom of many of these, these chronic uh, conditions. And continue asking you about what is in your book Nobody wants you healthy, achieving better health by avoiding the corruptions in modern medical science. Can't wait to hear the specific strategies and tactics to do that. And now we'll here is important that. information. Yes, we will, my friend, here on today's News Talk, TNT. TNT's Misty Winston. She says, how is anyone still talking about October 7th? What Israel has done since October 7th is many times worse than what happened on that day by any conceivable metric. The only way to feel otherwise is to believe Israeli lives are worth many times more than Palestinian lives. How is Israeli suffering still being centered over vastly less significant acts of violence three months ago, while ex exponentially worse violence and suffering is being inflicted by Israelis right this very moment? If your nation is attacked and you respond to that attack by immediately murdering thousands of children with incredible savagery, then you forfeit any right to expect anyone to give a shit that your nation was attacked. Israel responded to the Hamas attack by doing something much, much worse than anything Hamas has ever done, and in doing so, completely delegitimizing itself as a state and completely validating everything the Palestinian resistance has been saying about the state of Israel since day one. Misty Winston on today's News Talk TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. 
Are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, yes. Then I'll begin. Even when you're just sitting around, we're rocking the talk. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is World Stage, and with me is Dr. Mark Richards discussing the causes of chronic diseases. If I'm following you, and I know I am, where would you continue, sir? Well, um, I think to continue on the overview, things that people don't even realize are chronic diseases are chronic diseases. Um, Let's take menopause. Now, when a woman was eight or 10 or 12 and her ovaries weren't working, she was perfectly healthy, perfectly happy, not having hot flashes, everything was just fine. And somehow we've had this mythology that when they stop ovulating, that's menopause and that they get hot flashes, depression, weight gain, irritability, loss of libido, vaginal dryness, all this stuff you know, just happens when the ovaries stop working. Well, that on the face of it, it doesn't make sense because they didn't have any of that when they were 10 and 12. And in fact, we, now, we know 100% that the cause of menopausal symptoms is low testosterone. And with this poisoning from the phthalates, the endocrine or hormone disruptors that we talked about earlier, their testosterone levels are dropping long before their ovaries quit. So now I'm seeing patients that are in their 30s or 40s, they're still ovulating, still fertile, that have hot flashes, you know, they have uh, irritability, they have um, inflammation, they have weight gain, they have depression, they have loss of libido. Um, and it's pretty clear that the ovary function and estrogen in the blood has absolutely nothing to do with these menopausal symptoms. It's pretty clear that the ovary function and estrogen in the blood has absolutely nothing to do with these menopausal symptoms. Now, if you give a woman estrogen who's having hot flashes, or if she's ovulating, she won't have hot flashes actually, um, the estrogen gets into the fluid around the brain and it can actually uh, stimulate the temperature control centers and get rid of the hot flashes. But zero of the other symptoms of menopause are improved by that. Not the emotional issues, not the physical issues, not the bone loss issues, not the muscle loss issues, not the fat gain issues. None of that's improved because it's a testosterone deficiency problem. So I'm treating women that are fertile for, quote, menopausal symptoms with testosterone pellets. I'm treating men in their 20s and 30s. Right now, I told you 60% of the population has a significant testosterone deficiency. But if you look at men between 19 and 35, the people you think are the most virile, they serve in armed forces, they should be having healthy testosterone levels, 40% of them now have a significant testosterone deficiency. This, this is a national security crisis. It's an economic crisis. It's a health crisis. And despite the fact that the pharmaceutical industry would rather we not even know about this or look at this, it's going to be a matter of national interest that we're going to have to focus on it and we're going to have to fix it. If we don't, the consequences are devastating for the country, devastating for the economy, and they already have been devastating for the population. Mark, um, I, if, my, my, my impression is that over the last many years, much of our entire ecology environment is just awash in things that are bad for us and generally causing the chronic disease. I follow what Bobby Kennedy Jr. has 
been putting out about the, the number of factors that could be contributing to that and what are you what what's either in your book or just t- tell me you know get what is causing this crash just to zero in on the testosterone problem that you're describing what's what's causing that What's causing that is those uh, endocrine disruptors such as PVA and PBS and phthalates that are in plastics. And the problem isn't just like, okay, we can avoid sugar. You know, sugar is bad for us, so avoid refined sugar. There is absolutely no way you can avoid not being poisoned by phthalates in today's world. 98% of of, uh, tap water in the U.S. has microscopic plastic in it. So maybe you filter that part out. But the air over every continent has microscopic plastic in it. Our our foods are contaminated with phthalates from the plastics that they come in contact with. And phthalates are very useful. They make things flow easily, everything from your body lotion to concrete. So it's in all of that, it's in phthalates. And I mean, it's in um, vinyl flooring, it's in construction materials. So the, the biggest problem with this chemical is that we can't avoid it because we can absorb it through our lungs, we can absorb it through our skin, and we can absorb it through our GI tract. This leaves us with only a couple options. One is to get rid of them. Now, that's not going to be easy. It's sort of like saying get rid of gas-powered cars and go to electric. That's just a fool's errand if you want to do it over a short period of time. You can't. I happen to agree with that. So, so yeah, so if, if back in the 60s, when I was, you know, going to doctor's offices as a little child, you know, we had glass syringes, metal needles, and rubber tubes going from glass bottles for IVs. You know, people today have no re- re- remembrance of that. I mean, now we have plastic bags, plastic everything. You know, you had leather in your seats for a car, or you had cloth in your seats for a car. There was no vinyl, you know, seating or synthetic seating in your car. The world has changed so immensely and we have become so dependent upon plastics that I don't, they would have to find a non-endocrine disrupting alternative to what they're using in plastics to make them act useful. And I'm not sure that we have that. I mean, they went from BPA, which everybody said, oh, that was bad. And it caused things like, you know, developmental deformities in children and a loss of IQ and, and, interfered with us in many ways, uh, to BPS as the substitute, saying that was safe. Well, turns out BPS is at least as bad, if not worse. It's a neurohormonal disruptor. So they're looking at animals, and they've done some studies on on humans, but not testing them with with BPS or phthalates, but they've looked at animals. And in in a pregnant animal, let's pick a fox. So in a pregnant animal, you put them in a high phthalate or BPS environment. And what happens to those offspring? Well, a number of the offspring, a significant percentage of the offspring get born and they behave very irritably. They have anxiety. And also they don't do gender specific behaviors. So a female fox would not act the way a female fox needs to for their species. And a male fox would not act the way a male fox is supposed to for their species. This is, this is, and, and, the worst thing about it is it can get passed on to their offspring too. So they're miswired in utero and there's DNA changes through what they call methylation that get passed on to their offspring to some degree, which is called epigenetics. 
this is this is a nightmare scenario and we have to wake up to this because there's a lot of civil disorder there's a lot of emotional trauma in our children uh, there's parents behaving badly there's adults behaving badly everybody's feeling not as well as they should they're feeling sick so it's really an urgent matter the, the only people, thing people i can are, do yes well i was gonna say the only thing i can do now is i can have people take a, a questionnaire there's a questionnaire to look at the symptoms that low testosterone causes and i can draw their blood levels which gives me an inkling of what their intracellular levels might be um and then i can support the testosterone deficiency and make the whole cascade better so inflammation's better moods and emotions are a lot better everybody's chill they're not aggressive i can control for excess estrogen um, i can do those things but the underlying cause i can't make the fetus healthier by giving mom testosterone that's a that's a direct effect of the pbs on in utero so i can do my part to make society better and i can make our young mm. people more functional and i can make our adults mm. healthier and i can reduce chronic diseases by 50 percent. i could save medicare probably 50 percent of their dollars because 96 cents out of every medical dollar goes for chronic disease i mean i can make Question. the system solvent yeah a couple yeah. questions for you my mind is kind of blown let me just confess that and organize my thoughts here for you know a good question or two the um how who else knows and is teaching this besides you how well known is this that's a great question so this is well known since it's been used in the u.s since 1939 on men and women successfully approximately 1960 when the pharmaceutical industry figured out how to make synthetic hormones the education about this in medical school stopped. Um, when I went to medical school and I graduated in 1983 from med school, we spent at most 10 minutes in our entire med school class on testosterone, if that, 10 minutes. Now, this is the most abundant, critical hormone in men and women, and we were taught nothing about it. Um, besides you, who's preaching the gospel of testosterone? So, so back in the 60s, late 60s, um, there was a, a doctor named Tutera who um, started treating his male and female patients um, about the same ratio as me, about 60% female and 40% male on testosterone pellets. And he was using the best science he had at the time. He was giving women testosterone pellets plus estrogen pellets. We now know that that's completely the wrong way to do it is just straight testosterone because you're a healthy human will make all the estrogen they need from testosterone and then he shared some of this data and then some of his partners spun off and then they got involved in lawsuits about who really owned this you know process this intellectual property which really was a mute point because it had been used since 1939 it was general knowledge it just was no longer being taught and then those spin-offs developed things other companies and these other companies purport to train their doctors, but they don't really train their doctors in modern science. I, I end up retraining a number of them. Uh, for example, in 2000, uh, Australian scientists, uh, Simpson and his group, figured out by radio labeling molecules that 100% of the estrogen in a person's cells, male or female, is made from testosterone and that estrogen in the blood does not cross that barrier. 
Now that's critical knowledge. If you're gonna treat people with, with hormone pellets, you should know that. So you know, well, we don't need to give estrogen pellets because that just causes problems. It causes breast cancer, it causes uterine hypertrophy and bleeding and those sort of things. Mm -hmm. It causes irritability, aggression. So there's all these groups out there that do offer pellet therapy, but the practitioners are not being educated. And that's half the reason I wrote my book. Half the reason was for the public. Half the reason was for all my colleagues who, like me, were totally bamboozled with false information uh, when mm. we were going through our training and then bamboozled by even more false information by our specialty boards. Doctor, what kind of medicine, uh, how, how do you most specifically name the kind of medicine you practice? Because I, I don't want to assume anything. Okay. Well, the first thing you and need what, to know and what is- were you, And what were you doing and how did you encounter or discover the benefits of testosterone? Okay, so the first thing is that I am a board-certified plastic surgeon. Um, I, you know, four years of med school, five years of general surgery training, board-certified in general surgery, two more years of plastic surgery training, board-certified in plastic surgery. And that was, and still is, a significant part of my practice. Um, I developed some procedures in plastic surgery and um, was lecturing internationally a lot. And one year, I was about 15, 16, maybe 17 years ago at this point, I was in Paris, uh, co-scientific director of the largest aesthetic medicine and surgery clinic uh, meeting in the world called IMCAS. And I was asked to go to an anti-aging seminar for a half day before this conference to see if it's something we should add the following year. And being a science geek, I mean, and I'm, I really am a science geek, as you could probably tell from this interview, but being a science geek, I, I really didn't want to go to the anti-aging conference because most of it's total crap. It's people trying to sell their particular snake oil. Um, but I went because I was required to go. And the, the first three or four lectures weren't very good. And then a gentleman came up, an endocrinologist from the University of Brussels, and he started talking about his famous clinic. And in, in his clinic, men and women from all over Europe were lining up year two years in advance, making reservations to come see him because they were gaining weight, they were feeling a little depressed, they were fatigued, um, their blood sugars were getting high, they could exercise and diet, but they just hurt themselves, nothing was happening. So he'd see them and the first thing he'd do is take them off statin drugs and put them on a diet and exercise regime. And he said, but at the end of the day, I have to put them all on testosterone pellets, even the women. And- Can I interrupt, Can I interrupt like, one second? I'm lucky yeah. enough to have pretty good health. I rarely go to the doctor, and yet, from time to time, I hear reference to statin drugs. What are they, and what's the what's the you know what's what should I know about them? Well, I, I'm quite opinionated about statin drugs. Um, I can give a whole lecture about statin drugs, but basically, well, I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt the narrative you're telling. I just, I mean, I'm just. By the Certainly way, you back. know, <laughs> yeah, well, the re there's a reason he took all his patients off statin drugs. And I think that's probably a very smart reason. If we have time left at the interview, we can spend a couple minutes on statin drugs. That's, that's another little soapbox I can get on. With me is Dr. Mark Richards talking about his book, Nobody Wants You Healthy, and fascinating revelations about the uh, power of testosterone to uh, really, really help human beings. And now here is important information from today's News Talk, TNT. Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. 
At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms. A slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a, a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please, listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like I don't remember what I did last week, but like I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. So I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. You're listening to Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Dr. Mark Richards was talking to me about his book, Nobody Wants You Healthy, Achieving Better Health by Avoiding the Corruptions in Modern Medical Science. And I was recently introduced to him and invited him on because this speaks to one of my uh great fascinations, which is the horrendous uh, state of health and also the medical uh, industry here in the good old United States. And I recommend everybody go to a different uh, source, doortofreedom.org. I recently interviewed Dr. Merrill Nass. This is an organization she launched recently to educate the world about what the UN and the World Health Organization have queued up for us if the people of the world do not learn what's at stake and demand and force their governments to reject the plans and proposals on the table at the World Health Organization, which are going to come online as soon as mid-year, if the people do not learn and reject the uh, these these things, on September third, twenty twenty-three, Dr. Nass posted at doortofreedom.org a piece called "The Who's Proposed Treaty Will Increase Man-Made Pandemics," and it begins. This report is designed to help readers think about some big topics, how to really prevent pandemics and biological warfare, how to assess proposals by the WHO and its members for responding to pandemics, and whether we can rely on our health officials 
to navigate these areas in ways that make sense and will help their populations. Again, that's at doortofreedom.org. And get convinced and spread the word about it. Uh, Dr. Richards, we were talking about uh, the different, well, I had asked you about statins, and I do want to just check my impression. My impression, again, as a layperson who's lucky enough to have good health and who rarely goes to the doctor, who's not on any medications whatsoever, my impression is that statins, you know, refer, the way I hear it in the context that I hear it is that they're not good for us, or they're overly prescribed, or they are, they've got, you know, core basic ingredients that are, are, are not good. Uh, you know, just well, 10, 20, 30 I, I seconds. Yeah, please tell, tell me you. what I can, I can know tell about you. statins. So cholesterol does not cause inflammation, okay? Inflammation raises your cholesterol because cholesterol is your body's band-aids. So saying that you should give people statins whose cholesterol is over 200 is really totally contradicts uh, health and mortality data of people who are over 200. The healthiest people of 12.8 million studied in one study were between somewhere between 210 and 240 as their cholesterol. And the unhealthy people, the ones that had higher mortality rates, were less than 200 or above 260. So, so statin, is the, statin is the name of a drug prescribed for high cholesterol? Is that all it is? It is. It is. And it has side effects of Thank causing you. memory loss, uh, memory difficulties, and raising your blood sugar. It also causes tendinitis, muscle pains. And it has a complication rate that's incredibly high. The, the drug company's own study showed that if you gave statin drugs to everybody over 200, 10,000 people, that you could reduce heart attacks by 25%, which on the face of it to the lay public sounds great. But when you look at their data, they reduced it from 20 in 10,000 to 16 in 10,000. That means that only four people out of 10,000 got any benefit from taking that statin drug, while probably thousands of them were injured by taking the statin drug. This makes no oh, thank sense. You. Thank you very much. I know it was a tangent for the point you wanted to make, and it was, broadly speaking, you were telling me the story of how you discovered or saw or found and became interested in, or if not persuaded, about the efficacy of testosterone. Please right. Uh, continue. Right. So, yeah. It became evident during this and my subsequent tens of thousands of hours of reading the original literature and research that the only testosterone replacement that works is uh, testosterone pellet therapy, where you put a, like a tic-tac into the fat of the skin under local anesthesia, put a little skin tape up, and it gives months and months of steady state availability. That mimics how a healthy human acted before we had this poisoning with phthalates and endocrine disruptors. That's what we need. So I've seen cases where people came to my office and they were diabetic or pre-diabetic, and then it goes away when they're on the right level of testosterone. I've seen cases where people very likely had heart blockages you know, in their arteries and they're on testosterone therapy. And just like in the animal model, testosterone reverses cholesterol plaques in the arteries. I'm not saying it happens in everybody, but I've seen cases where it clearly was, was the case. So. Let me give you another example. Of, of, uh, this is more of a corruption example, but I have a very good friend in Ohio who's a super science geek like I am, probably even more. And she's a breast cancer surgeon and she just studies testosterone and breast cancer. She did a 10-year study and found that women that had menopausal symptoms for which she gave testosterone pellets had a 40% reduction in breast cancer incidence over 10 years. 
And she expected this because she knew from her research that testosterone inhibits breast cancer cells by itself. Now, you would think that she would be asked to talk at every U.S. breast cancer society, wouldn't you? Yeah. She wasn't. She had to present it in Europe because the funding and the board members have ties to pharma. And yeah. for pharma to lose 40% of its chemotherapy patients is a big financial hit. Do you, is, your, is your book primarily about the amazing efficacy and results from use of these tes this testosterone treatment? Uh, no. Yes and no. Yes and no. The book is first about this environmental disaster that's killing us and making us crazy. The book is then about each organ system people can go through and look at their symptoms and see how testosterone affects it with science references to each single organ system so they know I'm not just blowing smoke. And then the last part of the book is called Why Does Nobody Want You Healthy? And it goes through the long history of corruption with medicine and government and politics and money. Ben, so let me ask you a quick... No, thank you. Uh, finish your thought, my friend. No, no, that's it. Thank you. Well, okay. The first part of the book is the the environment that we're in, the ubiquitousness of the phthalates and the other things that are are hurting us, right? Yeah. The the first part's about the environment. Second part's about how we can replace testosterone and improve all these right. organ systems through thousands right. of studies that have already been done. And the last part is the total corruption of the system. Right. And you had said the first part's about these things that are making us crazy, which is what I really heard earlier when, when you were telling me about the, the, uh, these things in the environment, the plastic that's in everything, what we ingest, what we breathe, making us crazy. Correct. It's such an important remedy, Mark, because it's part of a full spectrum of influences designed to make us crazy, in my humble opinion. The, the news and the the destruction, the intentional destruction and dismemberment of the things of our society that kept us civil, that encouraged commerce, that encouraged business ownership, entrepreneurship, all the things that are being taken away from us and all the ways we are being made crazy. This is such a key part of, of that. Hi, you've heard this before. You know that perspective, right? I would think so. Um, the, um, yeah, the second part that, uh, Dr. Richards just talked about, you know, the remedies of it. I love that he described how the testosterone treatment impacts and improves inflammation. I'm under the impression for years now that just mitigating and reducing inflammation has a beneficial effect on tons of chronic illnesses and conditions and so much if i recall correctly of remedies that are prescribed by mainstream medicine pushed by the pharmaceutical companies exacerbates inflammation so this is um, i i really want to thank uh dr richards for for his time here i and again his site to, to learn all about his book is nobodywantsyouhealthy.com. And that's the name of his book and the subtitle, Achieving Better Health by Avoiding the Corruptions in Modern Medical Science. 
And I want to pick up where I was with Merrill, Dr. Merrill Nass's piece, the WHO's proposed treaty will increase, increase uh, man-made pandemics. And after that first paragraph, she writes, we start with a history of biological arms control and rapidly move to the COVID pandemic, and eventually arriving at plans to protect the future. And again, this is at her platform, doortofreedom.org. And it's a treasure chest of knowledge and information that can save society and health and freedom when enough of us get convinced to the point where we recommend her and her work in that platform, doortofreedom.org, to somebody, to as many people as we can, every single day. She continues, weapons of mass destruction, chemical and biological. And this is her piece at doortofreedom.org from September 3rd, entitled, The Who's Proposed Treaty Will Increase Man-Made Pandemics. Traditionally, the weapons of mass destruction, WMD, have been labeled chemical, biological, radio, radiological, and nuclear, CBRN. The people of the world don't want them used on us, for they are cheap ways to kill and maim large numbers of people quickly and indiscriminately. And so international treaties were created to prevent their development, only in the later treaties, and use in all the biological arms control treaties. First was the Geneva Protocol of 1925, following the use of poison gases and limited biological weapons during World War I, which banned the use of biological and chemical weapons in war. The U.S. and many nations signed it, but it took 50 years for the U.S. to ratify it, and during those 50 years, the U.S. asserted it was not bound by the treaty. The U.S. used both biological and chemical weapons during those 50 years. The U.S. almost certainly used biological weapons in the Korean War. And she's got one, two, three, four links here to back that up. And the U.S. perhaps used both in Vietnam, biological and chemical weapons, which experienced an outbreak of plague during the war. The use of napalm, white phosphorus, Agent Orange with its dioxin excipient causing massive numbers of birth defects and other tragedies, and probably other chemical weapons like BZ, a hallucinogen slash incapacitant, led to much pushback, especially since we had signed the Geneva Protocol and were supposed to be a civilized nation. This is Dr. Merrill Nash writing in the WHO's proposed treaty will increase man-made pandemics. In 1968 and 69, two important books were published regarding our massive stockpiling and use of these agents. They had a great influence on the American psyche. The first book, written by the young Seymour Hirsch, about the U.S.'s chemical and biological warfare program, was titled Chemical and Biological Warfare, America's Hidden Arsenal. In 1969, Congressman Richard D. McCarthy, a former newspaper man from Buffalo, New York, published The Ultimate Folly, War by Pestilence, Asphyxiation, and Defoliation, 
about the U.S. production and use of chemical and biological weapons. Professor Matthew Maselson's review of the book noted, quote, Our operation, Flying Ranch Hand, has sprayed anti-plant chemicals over an area almost the size of the state of Massachusetts, over 10% of its cropland. Range Hand no longer has much to do with the official justification of preventing ambush. Rather, it has become a kind of environmental uh, warfare. And it goes on. This is a great piece, like I say, at doortofreedom.org titled The Who's Proposed Treaty Will Increase Man-Made Pandemics. Dr. Mark Richards, I was raving yes, about your book, uh, what I've learned of it in this conversation, for I have not read it yet. And especially like the point I made to you, I, I love how anything that can ameliorate things that are making us crazy, if testosterone pellet treatment will do it, in our uh, wow, last minute or so, um, remind remind us. I know I, I stated where people can find the book. Nobody wants you healthy. What would you What would you leave us with, Doctor? Well, I, I think it's important for my colleagues, physicians, as well as the public, to go to nobodywantsyouhealthy.com and get a copy of the book so they understand what we're facing. This corruption that we're seeing and, and what you were talking about with the bioweapons, which of course is how COVID got its start, um, requires the public to be aware. We need a little more education that's true education in science and math so we understand um, what's being used to manipulate us and how we can get better and how we can make it a better world for our children and for all of those around us. Because that's really the message of the evolution of human society is socialization and improving the quality of life, improving the economic outlook for everybody. Dr. Mark um, and- Richards, I, I couldn't occur, concur more. I, I thank you for the great hope that this conversation has given me because a tangible remedy, uh, as you've described, that can ameliorate, I believe you said up to 50% of uh, the chronic, chronic diseases, diseases problems that result from the deficit in testosterone and an explanation as your book has as to what has caused it you know knowledge is power and again people can learn all about it at nobodywantsyouhealthy.com and i want to thank you sincerely for joining me for this time we had a, some challenges with the you know the connection there but um thank you so much for your time and this is today's news talk TNT.